Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Elk Mound Music Department Podcast. I am Jerry Murphy, joined by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Tillis, and student teacher all-star, Mr. Gehrman. Today's show is a very special goodbye to Mr. Gehrman. As he ends his time here at Elk Mound, we would like to get him ready to go out into the real world. Hello, everyone. This is your favorite student teacher, Mr. Gehrman. I want to thank all the students of Elkmont Area School District for being such a warm and welcoming group of students. I have learned so much from each and every one of you, and I will forever cherish the time I spent here. Mounders! This is your favorite teacher from Minnesota, Mr. Tillis. Uh, the Tillis family has been having fun with the new ATV. My kids are constantly making a mess at my house, and I am sad that this will be the last podcast with Mr. Gehrman. All right, so first topic for Mr. Murphy and Mr. Tillis to answer. <laughs> what is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you started your teaching career? Murph. All right, so I am in, I think this is my 18th or 19th year of teaching. I don't know for sure. But anyway, my first year, um, I would tell Mr. Gehrman, it is okay to tell people no. That was a huge mistake that I made my first year of teaching was I wanted to make everybody happy. So I would agree to everything. I would agree to giving up rehearsals or um, I would agree to, I would, basically I just agree to things that I should not have agreed to. Um, and then I, I, I became overwhelmed very easily. The, the biggest thing that I remember was um, I was contacted by a music teacher. Uh, this was back when I was teaching in Eau Claire and they, they asked me if I could uh, conduct the pit orchestra for a community um, musical which I thought, wow, they're asking me to do this. This would be an awesome thing. Of course I will do this. Well, that was really overwhelming. And, you know, as a first-year teacher, your priority is to be a first-year teacher. You know, um, do what you need to do to get your feet wet teaching. So um, I took on too much in my first-year teaching. It's okay to say no. Uh, people will get over it. Mr. Tillis. You know, you've uh, said yes to everything I've ever asked you so far. Have I? Pretty much. Well, I, I want to make you happy, Mr. Tillis. I see us working, working together for many, many, many years to come in the future, and I want this relationship to start off well. And then um, as our um, teaching relationship becomes more, um, you know, uh, the, the structure is built and the foundation is poured, then I will break cracks into that foundation as we go. You don't need to try and make me happy, I'm fine. <laughs> All right, uh, my bit of advice would be to just be yourself. Um, you need to make your program your own. Don't try and do what you think others want. Don't try and do things the exact same way as your mentors or the person that was there before you. Every program's unique and you need to leave your mark on it wherever you go and just make sure that you know, this is me and be yourself. Topic number two. Um, so, Mr. Gearman, as you enter your first year of teaching, what is your biggest fear or worry? That is a great question. I think uh, something that you kind of touched on is just saying yes to too many things because I am also a people pleaser. Um, so I just need to focus on teaching and, you know, making sure that my students' needs are met before I try to do anything extracurricular. Um, the other thing is that I will just not sleep at night because... 
I'm an overthinker. I worry about things a lot. Um, my family will tell you all about that. Um, but I think that is definitely some of my fears or worries. Yeah. All right, so Mr. Gearman, help us help you. What do you want to know about your first year of teaching? We've both been there. We can help you. I think the biggest thing that I would love to know from both of you is how you gain reputation with your students and how to get them to respect you so that you can have a productive classroom environment. Be visible. <laughs> Sorry. You need to be out in the community and make yourself present in their lives. So have fun. Treat them like human beings, not students. Go to sporting events. Um, go to art shows, just be there for the kids. Really, you just need to be another parent to them and just be visible and they will see that you're being a human and want to be with you more. Yeah, and I would say everything that I'm sure that your college professors have talked to you about and everything we've talked to you about is all true. Um, and I, you've heard this before, be yourself. Uh, don't try and be somebody that you're not. If you're replacing somebody that was the choir director at a school for 30 years, you know, don't try and be that person because you're not that person. And students and parents can see right through that. So be yourself. Um, look people in the eye when you talk to them. That's a huge thing is, now they're both looking at me in the eye really closely when we're talking. Uh, but anyway, look people in the eye when you talk. It, it, it just gives that person, um, you know, shows them that you are giving them your time and you care about them. And then talk to the kids about their outside activities, like not just about music, but go to their sporting events. Um, if there's dance recitals, go to those, go to those things. Um, let them know that you care about them outside of your classroom. So, um, I just did a cartwheel, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm seeing stars. I don't know why. <laughs> Not enough air to my brain by doing a cartwheel. Can I go on now? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> interviewing. Big topic. Um, when I was interviewing for my first job, I remember I went to, oh gosh, 10, 11 interviews. And, you know, I got better at each interview, but it's tough. You'll do a great job. So, Mr. Tillis, what are some interviewing techniques and tips that we can share? with Mr. Gehrman? Well, to be honest, honesty is the best policy. I mean, you don't want to shy away from a question or over-exaggerate your plans or expectations. Be true to yourself and have a clear image of what you want to do with your program before you answer any question. Because if you say that, oh yeah, I'll do this and that, but in your heart you don't really want to do this and that, well, you'll probably be stuck doing this and that. So, um, Murph? Yeah. Um, what Mr. Tillis said, be honest, you know, but also be yourself. Let them see your personality. Um, when I'm on an interview committee, I, I, I'm getting a feeling of how that person is going to be to work with. So I want to see their personality, be confident, um, look the interview committee in the eye. You know, so, so typically when you are in an interview, there'll be five or six people. They may be all seated around a table. Look them in the eye when you answer their questions. Um, to be honest, when I interview somebody, at times, I'm more interested in the candidate's like demeanor rather than the content to their answer. So um, where 
it's very important what they're saying. The, the, the content is, is, is very important. You know, I'll, I'll kind of focus on their demeanor and just see, you know, are they um, a, a nice person? Are they going to be a conceited person? Are, are they going to be, you know, sarcastic? You know, what, what is it? What, what kind of person is this going to be? So, um, Did you imagine my personality would be like this? No, no, <laughs> not at all. When you interviewed Mr. Chillis, I could not get a good feeling of your personality at all. Like, really. Because we were, you, you came into the interview room and you were very professional. And, and you had to be. You know, that's, you were in an interview. Um, but I, I didn't see the Mr. Tillis in that interview that I, that I see now. And it's okay when you're interviewing, it's okay to show your humor. So, yes, you are being professional. Yes, you have to be professional. But when I interview... I try to crack jokes during the interview. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, get the interview committee laughing. Get them seeing that you are a person that will be a, you know, productive member of their staff. So, um, but yeah, so when you interview Mr. Tillis, you, know, you, you left, I thought you were a very nice person, but I, you know, I had no idea really who you are. I met you for 20 minutes and, you know, I a professional guy that answered the questions, did a great job, but um, now I see... <laughs> who you really are, and and I, I I like what I see, so I think we will keep him. So, well, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. So the final question of, of and, and my my last thing, final question for every interview is: Do you have any questions for us? Have questions ready. Um, prove to the committee that you've done your research. Go to the school's webpage. Look at their their sports teams. Look at the history of the school. Look at the music department. Do your research. Um, if a candidate does not have any questions, which we, I've had happen before, that's a major red flag for me. If, if I say, well, do you have any questions about our department? And they say, no, that's a, that's a big time like, oh, well, I see how this is gonna go. Mm -hmm. So have questions ready. All right. Okay. All right, so let's do a quick mock interview with okay. Mr. Gehrman. So um, these are questions that we've created up. Created up. <laughs> and I'll go first. Um, so, Mr. Gehrman, what is your philosophy of music education? <laughs> so this is, a, this is a pretty big question just because we're constantly asked it throughout our collegiate educational experience. Um, but I would say that personally, I think my philosophy of music education is to create lifelong appreciators of music because um, I understand that music may not be a career or a, you know, a life decision for everyone, but I want to make sure that they have tools to critically think about music and listen to music um, so that they can enjoy it and be able to talk about it for the rest of their life. Awesome, very good. Um, typically, the next person on the committee would have a question to ask you. So, next question is, why should you be the next choir director at this school? That is a fantastic question. Um, I think I should be the next choir director at the school because I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I don't know what to say. I'm gonna have to restart that answer. <laughs> so hey, I can that's okay, here's the deal. No, that's okay. This is the, 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 the moment where you are gonna sell yourself. 
So right. don't be afraid to, 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 to brag, you know? Tell the committee, you know, I, I'm gonna be the next choir director at the school. Um, I'm a very positive person. Well, I'm not gonna answer for you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but sell, sell yourself. Okay. Sell yourself. Okay. I think I should be the next choir director here at Elk Mountain Middle slash High School because I strive for students' excellence. I want to encourage them to be the best musicians that they can be. Um, and I find myself making you know, a lot of personal connections with students, um, and that tends to bring them success in my classroom. Now, that was great. There was also, in your response initially, a moment for humor. Like you, I, I asked that question, you didn't know the answer to that question, and you kind of paused and kind of laughed about it. Like, that's your time to, to show them, like, crack a joke. Okay. Show personality, yeah. make fun of yourself, and then get right back into it. Okay, okay? so that's gonna happen. Next question. <laughs> what is your greatest strength? I would say that my greatest strength is my passion. Um, I find myself very drawn to choral music and the you know different emotions that can come from it, the way it can connect people, uh, the way you can use it to communicate um, to a large group of people at one time. So I think that my passion for the subject content, especially um, in various performances, um, is one of my greatest strengths and will make me successful in the classroom. Very good. All right, question number four. If you could grade yourself as a teacher, one to 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best, A, F, whatever you want to do, what grade would you give yourself and why? So this is a really interesting, com or not a conversation, but a question. I think I would give myself like an A minus because I feel like I'm at the point where I'm successful in the classroom, but I think there's always room to grow. Um, you know, as a teacher, you never stop learning. You're constantly learning with your students. So I think kind of giving yourself that not quite perfect score, but you're, you know, there and you're achieving it, but you still have room to grow. Growth mindset's where you gotta be. All right, well, let's close this thing off. Murph? Mr. Gehrman, thank you for your time here at Elk Mound. Um, we wish you luck. You're, you're going to be an awesome teacher. You know that you uh, can always come back to us. You can contact us and we will help you out at any time. So um, we're here for you. You're doing an awesome job. Thank you. All right. So in closing, thank you everybody for listening today. Uh, keep sending in your ideas and maybe your question will, will be featured in a future episode. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. If you didn't, please do not be a big mouth. I... We'll do better next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for a great semester. And make sure you eat your vegetables and look both ways before crossing the street. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you, Mr. Gamron, for your time here in Elk Mound. Until next time, you stay classy, Elk Mounders.